Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles. And this week, I'm going to dive into something that's a little bit controversial. Okay, more than a little controversial. And it's one of those things that's been not anything new, but it definitely has been one of those things that has changed a lot, morphed, grown, and become a lot more visible, a lot more impactful over the last few years. And it's this idea of self-censorship. And as creators, as writers, one of the things that we often are doing, looking at, and facing is looking at what ideas are we wanting to address in work. You know, if we look at somebody who's creating something on film, something that's creating something in written work, still images, whatever the case may be, music. When we look at all the different mediums that we work in, we see, we touch on, one of the big questions is, what kind of subjects do we address? What kind of characters do we bring to the page? How do we represent them? How do we deal with these images? And one of the things that we see a lot more of these days are the question of what are creators allowed to do? So as a creator, anytime you bring something new to the page, to the screen, bring a new workout, there's going to be questions about how you did it, what you did, why you did what you did. Now, there is, uh, there's a lot of different arguments around the ideas of self-censorship. You know, can I do something well? Can I represent something well? Versus the idea that should I be allowed to represent or try to tell that story at all? Um, you know, we hear the ideas of that are often in direct conflict. There are two things that we're always combating, one of which is the idea that I should really only be telling stories of my own voice, my own character, my own experience. At the same time, we also have the other side of the debate, which is telling more rounded stories, telling well-rounded stories, bringing in full life experience, bringing in the completeness of the characters of life. And that's one of those things that we always try to do. Um, and this becomes a challenge because obviously... Any one person only has their experience. Any one person only has their life, the things that they've done, the things that they've studied. So how then do we look at approaching what matters, what stories, what things we want to tell? If we go back and look at the ways of the mediums and the things that have brought different genres to, to being, for example, if we look at things like science fiction, fantasy, Often we use these platforms because it's a way that lets us use allegory, use different stories, use different ideas in ways to let us broach those story ideas, those story concepts, and be able to work those into allegory to work through the points we want to try to explore. At the same time, if I you know try to tell one story that is set in modern world to deal with certain very specific sorts of social, physical, economic issues. If I tell that story set in the modern world, it's going to have a different audience and a different reception than if I tell the exact same story 
with some tweaked characters, but I put it in a far-flung future. I put it into, um, you know, a setting on another planet, another world. If we look historically, take Star Trek, for example, Star Trek famously was able to address and tackle some really critical social issues, economic issues, societal issues, technological issues, without actually really triggering the censors and being able to tell stories in ways that were able to get them onto TV, way able to get them into really the social zeitgeist. Now we see, again, because this is not anything new, ideas of what stories are appropriate to tell, what stories are appropriate for the author or the creator to create, and realistically, what stories are acceptable to be released into the public by those authors. And what this is leading to is going to be a pretty significant ripple effect for a long time. If we look at and consider the idea that if I am only allowed to tell certain stories, certain perspectives, no matter how well well researched, no matter how much I do in that preparation, then that's going to lead to me to have a variety of forms of self-censorship as a creator. In other words, I'm not going to go write a story maybe that I know I can't ever publish or sell. I'm not going to necessarily... Um, go out and try to work on certain ideas, certain stories that should be told, maybe need to be told because I've already been told as an author that some, that's a subject I should not be able to touch. So what happens then is there's kind of a ripple effect. Not only will I not touch that story, I probably will avoid those themes, those types of characters, those types of ideas in any work going forward. And so things that we often see is the wanting to make sure that things are done well or done respectfully, or honestly, just a matter of fan bases and people that I often think are meaning well, who are looking at things from the consumer standpoint, that are looking at things from the fan standpoint, are looking and saying, I only want certain people to tell this story. When we do that, then what that means is that those authors, those creators, those filmmakers who have an established audience now can't go and explore those ideas and probably won't. And so what that uh, what really ultimately happens is we create echo chambers. We create ideas where only certain kinds of stories are acceptable in certain markets. When we talk about the ideas of normalizing certain things, if we're looking and saying we want to, for a society to explore ideas of things that are not part of the current cultural norm, right? If we look at any of those sorts of things in the past, if we're looking to change the way that society approaches different material, different creators, different subsets, different subcultures, well, the way we get to live in the West, the way we approach the ideas of intellectual freedom, creative freedom, the freedom to discuss ideas, that can only exist as long as we're actually allowed to do those things. Now, there's still a way in the marketplace for these things to be voted on. 
And that is whether or not people read them, whether or not people buy them. If nobody buys a work, then it really doesn't matter. If nobody reads a work, then it really doesn't matter. If I'm in a position, though, where I have an audience and I have a voice and I want to explore a topic and a subject, no matter what, my human experience is going to always be limited. I can't possibly have experienced every story I would want to tell and explore because part of the joy, part of the mystery, part of the driver for being an author, for being a creator is that ability to dive into anything. I'd be able to go into a rabbit hole and start research and all of a sudden find out some interesting fact, interesting idea, and then tell the story in a way that lets me explore that whether it's historical fact, whether it is exploring a cultural idea, whatever the case may be, I found myself in stories, things I was working on, going and saying, I'm not necessarily going to explore that idea. There are things that I've gone and have edited back out of stories, not because I didn't think it was an important idea, but because fundamentally how I thought it was going to be received on the readership side. And it was one of those things that potentially was going to have the have an impact that I did not want to have, whether it was the commercial impact or blowback in terms of certain, you know, nature of ideas. And this is one of those things that becomes problematic. These are things that I made as a conscious decision on that work. I don't think that most of those decisions I've made in terms of self-censorship necessarily were majorly impactful. But I will tell you, there are stories, there are ideas that I have now decided I will not explore because the current environment we're in. I don't think that there's anything productively that I can do. I may write some of the stories and parts of those stories to explore them for myself, but there's a current work I've got going on that I made a decision to pull a story arc out. I may, I decided to pull a particular character out. Um, and I did it because I thought that there would be a potential here for blowback that I didn't want to get. And because I thought that there would be a potential here for a commercial impact. So I'm going to pull that storyline out. I'm going to pull that character out. And likely that is a storyline that I will never publicly explore or publish. And that is a decision that I'm going through and making for my own self. And this is one of those things that we see creators doing more and more of. On the other side of it, from a self-censorship standpoint, when we look at it, I also see creators who are actively going for to create things that are going to be controversial, things that are going to create that idea in the zeitgeist. And this is one of those things that the challenge here is not the, the idea of challenging things that are controversial, because I write about them all the time. It's about the idea of how they get approached to create the controversy. So instead of doing something in service of the story, the characters, the idea you want to explore, we're seeing people go with the opposite approach of self-censorship, going towards, let me find those things that historically I wouldn't have done so that I can create controversy. These on both ends, I'm not going to say are problematic, because these are the decisions of the creator. But when it's the decision of the creator, that's one thing. The challenge becomes this. 
when audiences, when fans, when the wider world comes out and they're the ones that dictate what you can or cannot write, what you can or cannot read from either political spectrum, from either political end, this is a problem because this is also part of creative freedom. The way that ideas get explored, get developed, and get refined are by allowing them to be told, by allowing them to be told well, and allowing them to be told horribly. Because it's when those things happen, are there implications for the creator? Absolutely. Should there be implications for the creator? Absolutely. But by allowing these ideas to be explored, for allowing us to see when things are told well, when we allow ourselves to read things through the eyes of a creator and look at them from that honest uh, standpoint and allow for that viewpoint to be told, this is one of those things where it brings ideas into our cultural space and allows us to decide what of those ideas will or will not become or stay part of our cultural norms, part of our cultural concepts. Uh, and this is where I think we're seeing a lot of challenges today from this idea of what work is allowed to be commercial, what work is being published, what authors are being brought into the marketplace. Because I've seen some really good stories that aren't being allowed to be told. I've seen authors who have written interesting ideas that they wrote the story, but they've now decided they will not release them because culturally, socially, everything else, there's a degree there that says, no, we don't want to see them. I have a big challenge because I, you know, on continual, we've done a number of shows around the ideas of banned books, around the idea of banned ideas, censorship, these sorts of ideas. And I have big concerns anytime we start talking about censorship, anytime we start talking about banning books, banning ideas. Now, in terms of allowing, say, libraries to make a decision as to what the age appropriateness might be or make a determination that certain things might not be appropriate for their given area, their different, you know, their different readership, that's a different decision. But coming out and putting out lists that say, because it's this topic or that topic, because it came from this group or that group, it should not be allowed to be published. That becomes a big problem. If you were coming out because of your own particular worldview and you're saying that I, you know, this should not allow be allowed to exist, that's a problem. Now, the other side of this is you can come out and cast your opinion on it, but when we look at things that happen with people that put reviews on books that have not yet been published just to go out and trash them. When we look at people who come out and protest works they haven't read, they haven't delved into, these are also problems because we should at least be informed when we come to challenge some of these, the nature of some of these ideas. And the problem is now that we have people on both sides of the political spectrum and all the way across, who actively are working to determine 
what sorts of work should or should not be allowed to come into existence, what should be allowed to be published, should be allowed to be, you know, in the library, uh, what should be allowed to be purchased and bought and shared and read as these ideas. Because one of the biggest problems that we have as authors, we often want to explore those ideas that are challenging for us, that have very specific relevance for us. And when we are looking, because we want to understand these ideas, the nature of these ideas ourselves, well, that means there's a lot of work involved. It means a lot of self-reflection is involved, or at least there should be. If I'm looking to tell the story from someone of a different race, different creed, different gender, whatever the case may be, I have certain obligations of trying to tell that story well, to represent that character as best I can. And one of the things that we can learn by reading things put out by people in their own voice is we get to learn their perspective. We get to learn their ideas. We get to learn how they approach the world. Same thing is true when people are writing outside of their own experience. Because you still get to see what is that view of the world? How do they perceive how that piece of the world works? And there's value there too. That value can be a good story. The value can be a good character. The value may be discovering the reason that there is that idea in the cultural zeitgeist. And this is the reason that I see all of the current push for censorship. Because the knock-on effect, anytime you go and you drive and you push for voices to be censored, for voices to be blocked, well, ultimately what that also means is that creators then dive deeper into self-censorship for themselves because, especially if it's commercial work, if this is how you make a living, you're not going to necessarily do the things that jeopardize that. You're going to make decisions that make sense for you. Um that makes sense commercially, makes sense for the work you can sell. But what it also means is that we take away the ability for a lot of people to explore ideas, help bring those ideas to their audiences, and ultimately help society make decisions about what sorts of ways is it going to change, grow, and develop. Or, as is often happens in these kinds of environments, when we have suppression and repression of ideas, what really happens is we ha have suppression and repression of the culture. And what comes out of that is rarely positive for the society. So as you are a creator, as you're looking at creating new and future works, look at and evaluate what are the things that you're self-censoring? What are the ideas that you're no longer willing to explore? And if it's an idea you're not willing to explore in your own work, or even if you are, who are the people that are doing it well? Who are the people that are developing works that can help refine, grow, shape that worldview that you're interested in and help share that with your readers as well? So if you find somebody that's doing it well and you're like, this is something I don't want to touch, but I found somebody that told it, you know, told it from a perspective that I found valuable, I enjoyed, whatever the case may be, share that with your people as well. If you find something that you're taking a risk on 
and you're saying, no, I want or I need to tell this story. And yes, I want to share it with my world, with my readership. You can be honest about that as well. And one of the things that we ask for fans to do is to understand that when you're reading something, you don't have to agree with everything. In fact, we don't want you to. And the characters we reveal, the stories we tell, are not necessarily who we are as authors, who we are as creators. I have a lot of friends. I've written a lot of horror. I have a lot of friends that have written some pretty radically horrific stuff, but that's not the people they are. What it is is reflecting the ideas, the fears, all the things in their own heads, the stories that they need to tell so they can process that out. And the value of works that we as creators make that we don't necessarily agree with what's happening in the story. We don't necessarily agree with what's happening in the book, though we may. Or we're telling part of our own story that explores those things that are personal challenges, personal personal belief systems, trying to process through and work through those sorts of things. Well, as readers come and assault those things, attack those things as well. This is where we also get stories that are less and less. When we look at the ideas of TV, when we look at a lot of the stories being created, there's a lot of complaints now that they are too singularly focused. They're too driven on hitting certain things. And we've now lost the value of the story. We've lost the value of the ideas being explored because the stories are not being done well. And I would argue that Frequently, what we're seeing is the result of either censorship by the creator or censorship by somebody in that chain that says, no, we won't allow this to come to market. Because of this, this is where we see the growth in much stronger, much better, and much more diverse indie product, where we're getting to see those ideas because that's where it's able to reach the market. This is where the benefit of indie publication, indie filmmaking, all of this comes to be because the only people then that control and censor that content are the creators themselves, the people they work with to bring it out to life, and ultimately those people who do or don't watch it, don't read it, whatever the case may be. So I challenge you to go out there and take a look at how you're censoring yourself Take a look at your own belief systems. Take a look at why you believe what you believe and take a look. What are the ideas you want to explore and see who's reflecting your ideas well? And also go look for those things that challenge your ideas, because the only way we grow is by finding those things that make us question ourselves. Until next week, I'm Jim Nettles, and this has been Creating Pros.